they you, they have made a a home house. Exactly. <laughs> they found us. It's time to go. They found us. <laughs> Leave everything behind. You know what they haven't found though. What? Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Pixel It. My name is Kevin. With me, as always, is Phil. Hello. And Happy New Year's Eve, everyone. Happy New Year's Eve. Happy New Year's Eve, Kevin. Uh, you too, Phil. I am happy to to that that you, our listening audience, is deciding to spend New Year's with us. Pixel it as we talk about our games of the year, 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 year. 2021. 2021. What a year. That is that is that is 20 that is the year, right? It is, We're it is, yeah. Yeah. Check my phone. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is 2021. It's important. Common era. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's very important to double check. So I don't blame you. But yes. It is, it is year two PC post COVID. Yes. Or, yeah. or no, no. It, it would actually, it, since we're not post COVID, I would, let's say, call it CD, uh, uh, COVID Domine. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> the year of our COVID. <laughs> It's, it, I mean, that's kind of what it is, isn't it? Like there's, there's a, there's, it's the new, it's the new, uh, BCAD. Like it's just, it's, yeah. everything's different now. Let's just, let's just start the calendar. Let's go back to the, the days of yore yeah. when they basically just started the calendar over whenever a new King. Right. Exactly. I mean, that's, it might as well. <laughs> King COVID. Sure. I got my King third COVID. shot. My my cell Year phone's one. acting wonky. Let's do it. I'm triple boosted. Yeah, baby. You know, I got my five G shot. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I've got <laughs> I've got all that good internet. So today, Phil and I are going to talk about our games of the year, yes. which is you know, it's always tough for us for guys like us because uh, we rarely keep up with the most recent games. Yeah. Are we are we are thirty or forty years old, and we do not have time. It's not the <laughs> same anymore. It's not the same anymore. Yeah. We can't keep up. Our backlogs, yeah, are longer than you know most people. I'm just it's trying. Just, to, I'm just trying to get my backlog done. That's what my my video reviews on YouTube yeah. have been. It's just like here are it's the games I'm playing. To, yeah, you know, and some of them are yeah, new. Some of them do, aren't. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. But, oh boy. So this is going to make for, I guess what Kevin's trying to say is this is going to make for kind of an unusual uh, games of the year list. Uh, it's probably not going to echo, you know, your polygons and your Kotaku's and everything like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't expect to necessarily line up with us on all of these picks. No. Um, I actually did. This is probably the most games that I played in the year they came out. In my entire life, you actually it's usually the other way around in years gone by. I've been more on top of the newer games. Yeah. And normally I'm like, hey, did you have you heard of this game from 17 years? Right. And this year, <laughs> like this year, it's been crazy. You've been like, yeah, but I've been playing this one game that just came out. And I, and then I got the other one. That, like you have been really on top of it lately. So, you're yeah, probably I don't know the what one it that's is going to be a little more. I'm I'm the games that I most a lot of the games I have played from this year are like indie games that got sent to me. And I was like, well, I got this. I guess I'll try it out. Let's see what that's got all this about. in the mail. But uh, you when, been, when they're sent to you, do shit. they actually do they actually come in a, in the mail or is it? No, I'll just get a code email? in my email. Oh, and they'll be like, hey, so fun. You, remember, you know, that YouTube channel that you only update like 
for like manically for two months and then you forget about it for a year and then you do it again <laughs> for like two or three months and then you forget about it for another year. Here's a code. Here's so a code you if you want to talk about this, our game. If you want to talk about a twin stick right. shooter. Right. We, 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 these are, these are Smurfs. We illegally copied these Smurf twin stick shooter. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, it's, it's, it's a horror game somehow. Uh, you but, play as Papa Smurf yeah. and, uh, all the Smurfs are dead. All of them are dead except for Papa Smurf. He's, he's seeking vengeance. He's seeking it's, vengeance. And, uh, uh, it's Smurf and Punisher together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or as the game is titled Smunisher. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna kick their smurfing asses. <laughs> Good God. It's a revenge tale. So it has been but it but I do have a couple of weird weird uh <laughs> pieces on this list and a couple of uh more of the standard stuff. But uh yeah, let's let's get started. Let's, you you let's get into you, it. Uh, you played a few more than I did, so why don't you you start it off? Yeah, yeah. I'll start with round one. Round, round one, one fights. Uh, I'll start with my overall game of the year. Okay. Um, my list is not in any other any order, but my my overall game of the year just happens to be the first thing on the list because it's my overall game of the year. Okay. So, uh, Death's Door. Oh, which okay. That was your game of the is, year. It was my game of the year, okay. and I think I think a lot of people will probably look at look at me like like are you sure are you sure it's a game of the year because it's it's nowhere near a triple a game right uh it's by acid nerve uh their previous title was titan souls and um it's 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 an adorable game in which you play as this little crow grim reaper (laughs) and it's your job to collect souls that need to be transported uh to the other side and basically the inciting incident is you go to collect a great soul and it gets away from you the soul that like runs away uh because some older crow grim reaper steals it from you and you have to collect you have to wait find a way to get it back and your whole adventure is trying to find a way to get this great soul back what now is um, this what 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 the style of gameplay is it it's I would call it a Zelda like. OK, it is. Okay. It is a isometric, not not tight, quite top down isometric um, hack and slash uh, dungeon crawler style um, game hmm. where you have the, the, very much in the vein of Zelda. Also a little bit in the vein of Dark Souls, where you, you're like you're opening up shortcuts back around to uh the the bonfire right right <laughs> so to speak um so it's got it's got both of those uh elements in them um it's just such a well presented game like every little inch of it is very thoughtfully constructed from the beginning to the end and the narrative that it it shows you over the course of the game is beautiful it's this beautiful narrative about death positivity mm-hmm. and and really reinforcing the idea that death is natural and it's a it, it's a natural occurring thing it's not something to run away from it's something that 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 life ultimately needs to embrace right and it shows the side effects of things 
staying alive for too long, basically, or the corruption that happens when things stay alive past their expiration date, so to speak. Right, right. That's nice. Um, I, I love that theme. That's such a terrific yeah, theme. We need it's, to see it it's, more. It's a great theme and an acute little package. I cannot recommend Death Store enough. Now, that being said, it can be a... I didn't find it too, too difficult. Mm-hmm. It can be a little bit hard. But even at its hardest, it only took me 10 hours to beat the game. Okay, okay. So even with with levels or enemies that I felt like, ah, I got to keep doing this over and over again, um, it still only took me about 10 hours. That's and there's a, that's more a nice stuff. Size. Yeah. yeah, it's a nice size. There's more stuff that um, you can do. There's like a true ending and all that and all that. Um, but the amount of effort that you have to put in to get the additional endings is, I thought, like a little beyond the pale for me. Right. Um, I was happy with the way it ended. And okay. I was like, yeah, OK, I can I can close the book on this one. You're like the second or third person uh, to bring that one up. Uh, uh, and uh, the second or third person whose opinion on games I respect uh, to bring that one up. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think it's on my wish list. I'll have to, I'll have to take a look. That looks. Yeah, definitely take a look. Right. Number one game of the year, Death Store. Death Store. Okay, I'm not going to do my game of the year yet because I think it overlaps with one that you have. Uh, sure. So we'll we'll get to that later when we get into the ones that you and I have both played. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna, but I I will I will uh, uh, play with the format just a little bit by saying that my uh, one of my games of the year this year was Hero Quest. Uh, which anybody who's following me on Twitter knows that I've been going ape shit over. It's not a video game. Hey, that's not a video it's game. It's not a video game. Uh, <laughs> it was a. It is a. Um, it is a remake that Hasbro did of a classic. I want to say the the board game came out in 1990. It was one of the early boxed board game uh, games workshop sorts of things. Uh, you know, where you've got four players and a dungeon master. It is the lightest of D&D board game lights that you can find. Um, and finding this game nowadays before before they re-released it uh, would cost you like three or four hundred dollars on eBay if you wanted the whole set, uh, which gets frustrating when you think to yourself, I used to have this. Um, it is the perfect uh, gateway drug into uh, heavier uh, tabletop role-playing games and God forbid yeah. um, uh, miniature painting. Uh, it is uh, it is huge. I backed it on Hasbro's um, Kickstarter clone uh, when they did it. And the idea that Hasbro even has one of those, that's a whole thing. That that's, could, another, that's a whole, whole fucking... But, I, but, but And honestly, I wouldn't have back. I don't back anything they do, except I saw HeroQuest. And I went, fuck, they got me. I gotta back they that. got me. Yeah. Um, and not only is it a full re-release of the core board game and the two expansions that it came out with in the 90s, but they have come up with new classes, like three mm. books of new adventures, like hours oh, and awesome. hours. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, and it cost me for the whole thing, the whole kit and caboodle. I think I paid 175 for it, mm-hmm. um, which is no small amount of change. But when you consider it, includes like 120 something miniatures. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's huge. I'm gonna be painting this thing forever. I've just started painting. Here, I'll show you. I've been 
painting the little pieces uh, and is that a little necronomicon or something yeah a little little wizard's desk and a little rack you know and yeah i'm just i'm just torture rack oh it's so much fun and little alchemist's table and just having so much fun with painting them and the game yeah. is true to the original um which is really simple it is a very simple game but it does not make it less fun especially if you're playing frankly sure. So many games can get so complicated and so complex. Like, I'm a huge fan of Warhammer Quest. I love Warhammer Quest. But I'm not going to sit down with my girlfriend or with my, uh, you know, my lesser nerdy friends like and try to explain to them yeah. how. Because a, it's a pretty complicated game, all things considered. Sure. Um, so Hero Quest is literally a game you can sit down and go, okay, you roll, you move, here, roll a couple of dice, you hit that guy, you know, and it's it's pretty right. straightforward. It's a great game for when you just want to sit around drinking beer with your friends and play some cool yeah. dungeons and it's 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 uh it's like D D on the rails. Exactly, exactly. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know. It, it no. it's extra pretty now. It's got hours upon hours of new gameplay in it. And yeah, uh, it, it seems like it. I have a feeling that if it, if it does continue to be successful, um, it, it just becomes like, oh, yeah, there's here's even more like just yeah. continually releasing. Well, content. I mean, it's it's really easy to come up with your own material for it. Yeah. They, yeah. They give you like a blank map and say, here, make your own thing, you know, and, and sure. it's it's great. It's terrific for anybody who's got kids who might be interested in, you know, watching you play D and it's a little complicated for them. I bought this game when I was eight, nine, mm. uh, and I knew how to play it. It was easy to play. It's uh, and, and it was, it was a, it was what started the whole thing for me. And on top of that, it has an app that will play the dungeon master. So if, if you and your friends just want to sit down and play together, the app will take over uh, as the bad guy for you. If you, it's just, oh, that's which cool. is pretty terrific, and that also means you can just play it by yourself if you're lonely yeah, yeah, yeah. and just want to break out the toys, uh, which right. every now and then you do. So every that is that is absolutely one of my games of the year. I love it. Um, I, I'm breaking it out with some friends next weekend, and uh, oh, and uh, when great. we are at PAX Unplugged, I fully intend on bringing it, and you and I will bring it. <laughs> play yeah. some Hero Quest. Uh, you know. Um, uh, uh, I, I believe Hess has done uh, at least one of the monsters That's right. from Hero Quest on Oops All Monsters. On Oops All Monsters. They did it. Well, it's kind of hilarious because it is called a Femir, uh, and it's this weird one eyed lizard thing. It's one of the only things that they changed in the update. They took the Femir out and turned it into what they call an abomination, which is like a fish creature. Mm. Um, just to kind of, everything's the same. It's just, it just looks different. Um, okay. it's, uh, I don't know why they did it, but it, I think partially because just to probably to, to, uh, change up the bad guys because uh, I, yeah, I, I feel like I don't, was it, is that, is the familiar close to something like a, 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 a D and D like a, like a D&D monster. I don't think it is. I think it was their yeah. own thing, but it was like it was basically you'd have goblins, you'd have orcs, and then you have femirs and they're like the next step up. And uh and I think it just get you know you're like okay, more green skins that I'm fighting. Um right. so they, they it feels like they they 
just aesthetically just changed it up. swapped it up. Yeah. Gave it a little more of a Lovecraftian vibe. Uh, it's got some very fishy tendencies. But yeah, shout out yeah. to friend of the cast, Hess, with uh, with uh, uh, the Oops All Monsters, which you guys absolutely should be listening to. It is a great podcast. That is a great show. Yeah. 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 All right, my friend. All right. Hero Quest. Mm. I'll, have to, I'll have to check that out. It is. It's just good, clean fun. So my next game is one. All right. So I haven't beaten it, but whatever. Um, I'm actually pretty close to beating it now. Uh, and my next game on my list is Returnal. And Returnal was actually like it was like kind of a candidate for my overall game of the year for a long time. But then I realized I'm like, well, I I don't think I can in good conscious slot it up there because I'm I had at the time I hadn't even beaten the second boss mm. you know yeah. <laughs> of I hadn't even beaten the second level of six um so Returnal is a rogue like slash light I don't it it kind of has some some elements that might push it more towards being a rogue light mm. um but it is uh you it is a triple a style roguelike with very high-end presentation it's it gorgeous is, it's an it absolutely is gorgeous it is it runs so fast it's a ps5 exclusive it runs so fast so smooth you have so many particles on the on the screen at any given time because not only is it a roguelike but it's also a bullet hell mm -hmm. so all of the enemies in the game shoot these bullets that kind of end up being these bullet hell patterns. So your entire screen ends up being filled yeah. with, with enemy, uh, with enemy bullets and you got to dodge and you got to dash and, um, you got to dive and you got to dodge a wrench. Um, <laughs> it sounds like the perfect kind of thing to like show off what the PS five is capable of. It is totally, it is. It was the first game that I played. And even with some of the other releases, it's still one of the only games that I feel really pushed the PS5 to its like this early on. Be like, hey, here's PS5 can do all this awesome stuff. Um, and I played I I've and some people will say, well, what about Ratchet and Clank? And I've played a little bit of Ratchet and Clank a rift apart so far. And that's a gorgeous game. Mm. I haven't played enough of it to put it on my list yet. Uh, retroactively. A, maybe it might end up on this list. But for now, Returnal is, oh, it is so good. And the less you know about the story, and there is a kind of an interesting story underneath all of it, uh, the better. Mm -hmm. Because um, it inherently has to do with a time loop. And I would I, I want to declare 2021 the year of the time. It's loop. a popular mechanic this year, isn't it? And three of the games on my list <laughs> have time loops in them. You're just a Groundhog's Day fanatic is what you are. Um, and a game that uh, appeared on a bunch of other people's lists that I didn't get a chance to play. The Forgotten City also had a time loop in it. Right. And then um, what was it? Um, uh, the Outer Wilds. Um, spoilers for the Outer Wilds. Yeah. Uh, the Outer Wilds it has a time loop. It's not really. It's not really spoilers. You find that out. No, in you like find the first quick. Yeah, you find that out really early on. Whatever. That's I know some one. people. People get upset about talking too much about Outer Wilds, but the Outer Wilds DLC came out this year. So I haven't um, played that because, and I need to check it out because I yeah, 
It feels like a Phil game. It really does, doesn't it? Yeah, I I could see why people loved it. I kind of bounced off of it uh, when it initially came out because I I didn't like the spaceship controls. Uh They were they were just like just annoying enough for me to be like, this is a chore. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, so yeah, Returnal um, feels great to play. A lot of neat guns that you pick up Mm -hmm. throughout your runs. Um, it's. It's a true roguelike in the sense that there you you get your buffs, you get your debuffs. There is almost no progression uh, between runs. Oh, okay. um, almost no. There is some. There is once you beat a boss, you can shortcut to the next area, right? Which is like other roguelikes. It would be like all or nothing. So that's why I think that pushes it towards roguelite. Um, sure. You get there are some permanent upgrades, but all the upgrades that you get in the game are um, they're traversal upgrades. They just it's more like a Metroidvania type of thought where it's like, well, now you can just go to this place now that you couldn't before. Right. Um, It's not like, oh, your attack power is permanently increased. Uh, So stat upgrades, it's not a thing. Um, So if you are into roguelikes or roguelites, um and you like you know bullet hell type shooters beautiful bullet hell type shooters uh i recommend returnal very nice it's it's totally worth it and the most most recent update i don't know if it's the most recent update but one of the more recent updates uh added save states to the game a kind of save state That's when the game help. first came out when the game first came out you couldn't you couldn't save it uh, in the middle of your run. Mm. Um, so, and a run in Returnal takes, can take hours. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. So yeah, that's going to be, that's helpful. So that's helpful. It's helped me a lot uh, in getting back into it. Mm. Okay. Uh, cheers. We drank at the same yeah, time. Yeah, that was, that was always a good sign. Yeah. Um, what are you, what are you drinking? You're drinking your water. I'm drinking, um, uh, I found I ran out of my flat water and then I there was a couple cans of uh, bubbly water. I have this terrible habit of like opening a can of bubbly water, taking like drinking like half of it. And then I'll go downstairs for some reason and I'll grab another can yeah. and I'll bring it back. I'm 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 very bad about that specifically <laughs> with bubbly water. It's true. <laughs> I remember I, I, I was in Germany a couple of years back and uh, and one of the guys said, uh, in in Germany, they sparkling water over there in Europe in general is way more popular than it is over it's here. It's like their default. Yeah, and uh, and the Germans refer. They say, "Would you like your water flat or with gas?" And yeah. uh, the first time they did that, I just I I just smiled. <laughs> I didn't make fun. I was just I was just laughing. And mm-hmm. our host, he said, he said, "What's so funny?" And I said, "With gas, that's just such a funny." Of course, it makes sense, but it's just it's a funny way of putting it. <laughs> And he said, yes. and he said, well, what do you guys call it? And I said, and without thinking about it, I, I just went bubbly water. I guess yours is better <laughs> with gas sounds way better than bubbly water. I mean, it's also, also you can also call it soda water. Sure. I mean, sure. That's that's the 
But yeah, with gas, uh, mit gas, mit gas, or whatever, whatever the German word yeah. for gas is. Is it gas? I don't. I think I don't it's remember. like gas, gasen, something like that. Uh, yeah, it's usually um, a good, usually a safe bet. There, we have very. Would you like languages. it with gas? And I'm like, I would like it with bubbles. Bubbles, please. Bubbles, because I'm like the, ten. Uh, okay. Well, uh, kids usually hate it, though. That's the thing. Is kids yeah. usually hate bubbly water because it hurts. It hurts. Yeah. I like the pain. I like. I mean, that's just they haven't learned to love the pain yet. That's they haven't learned it. That's no. that's the trouble with kids in general. Uh, that's the trouble with kids these that days. Sounded really foreboding. That sounded like something Sushong would say. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, well, I will pick up there. Um, my next game of the year is uh, this is another one that just tapped into the nostalgia of this old man who has got less than a year before he hits forty. Um, Act Razor Renaissance, mm. uh, which, you know, we, we actually had a discussion about this after we recorded an episode. I had no idea that anyone had rebooted um, Act Razor, which was yeah. which is to this day one of my favorite games of all time. Not just like right. my favorite SNES game or my favorite, you know, whatever it, it, it is. It is one of my favorite games of all time. I have a lot of fond memories of that game. And uh, you ha- you just kind of casually mentioned you're like oh yeah there's a there's a reboot and I lost my you freaking mind lost your mind I absolutely lost my mind and then and then all of a sudden I look and it was like Kevin has purchased a copy for you I was like God damn you Kevin <laughs> <laughs> you being don't be thoughtful now I don't have time for you being thoughtful my God man so I just drowned in that for. A lot of hours, uh, which is hilarious, yeah. considering you could beat the original SNES Act Razor in an afternoon. It is not right. a long game. It, it it was revolutionary for its time because it was one of the earliest games to combine a strategy city builder with a action element. Um, yeah, and uh, and it but it didn't take long to finish uh, overall. But uh, they added a bunch of new stuff to it. Um, a bunch it, of stuff. I'm, I was playing it when I bought it uh, for myself. I was like, I was playing it all evening out and I was like still in the first yeah. world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It took. For, and then and then on top of adding stuff into the existing levels, they added a whole new world at the end for you to because you for anyone who hasn't played it, ActRaiser, you're literally playing a god um, who is converting all these people and protecting them from these evil demons and everything. And right. uh, there is a there is a, a new world. I thought I'd beat the game and I was like, wow, that took that took a lot longer than I expected. But what a satisfying journey I've been on. And they're like, oh, here's a whole new world for you to convert and all that shit. And it was kind of funny, though, because um, in 2019, a game called Soul Seraph came out, which was essentially a um, spiritual like, successor. Yeah. And uh, it was terrible. Uh, for, right. for a lot of reasons, but one of the things that stood out to me was that they added in a um, tower uh, tower defense mechanic for the strategy, uh, which right. felt completely unnecessary. And then when I started playing the reboot of ActRaiser, they had also added <laughs> uh, a, 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 the tower defense mechanic. But for whatever reason... Um, it just it was it was it didn't bother me as much. In fact, I, I, I found myself enjoying it. 
And I couldn't figure out why. And so I sat down. I did a whole video on this. If you guys are interested, check out youtube.com backslash soul serif versus uh act razor that's right, right. So and uh, the two and uh, long story short act razor is just it's a better made game the tower defense is more thoughtful uh it's just overall a way better game and it really it tapped into the nostalgia factor for me while also being a game that i believe that without my pre-existing knowledge of it i still would have played and enjoyed and really gotten a kick out of I thought they did a really, really good job with it. It is, it is a much more thoughtful game. It, it It's a little more plotting. It does go mm-hmm. a little slower, like you mentioned. Um, yeah. But I found it very relaxing and very enjoyable all the way through. Um, I did have a call out to anybody uh, in the video that I will repeat here. I, I wonder what younger people think of this game, uh, you know, because it... it, it, it does it offer something new that that they're actually enjoying or do they look at this and go, this is such an old style game. This sucks. Why would I play this? Right. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a billion different answers, but I'd be very curious. There'll be a billion opinions on that. Oh, absolutely. You ask five gamers one question, you'll get 25 answers. So that's just how it's going to work. But right. um, But yeah, it was good for the nostalgia part. It was good for just good old fashioned gaming. I loved it. Act Razor Renaissance. I highly recommend any of the old grognards out in the audience. Uh, <laughs> pick it up. It was worth the worth the go. All right. So for my next entry, yeah, um, I'm going to mix it up a little bit. And I'm going to talk about Loop Hero. Loop Hero. Loop Hero is, I want to say it's a Russian developer originally. Um, it is really hard to explain. But basically, it, the game kind of plays itself. Huh. The best way I, I thought of it is imagine you are the dungeon master and the computer is the uh, is the player character. That's interesting. OK, I, I feel like that's kind of like the best way to explain it. So basically, you have this there's this little little guy on the screen. And he's walking around uh, a loop, the the titular loop in Loop Hero. Yeah. And you, as the player, you don't control him. You control how fast time passes, and you control what is adjacent to the road that he is walking on. And each thing that you put down might have a positive effect or might have a negative effect. And you don't necessarily... I don't think you... necessarily know right away if they they all are positive or negative um so basically let's say the first thing the first card it's because it's also it's also a card builder okay. card deck uh that you're they're building the first card you play the first tile you play is a graveyard so you put a graveyard down and that means every every day or something the graveyard is going to spawn skeletons on that tile on the road tile next to it so your little dude is gonna walk around walk around and when he hits that tile there's a combat encounter okay and you have no control over any of it it's just playing on itself so basically your hero either wins or loses and then continues on so you you have to you build you have to strategically build all your tiles to be like uh, eventually you get to a point where in the first boss, 
um you have like um yeah before the first boss there's like a mini boss where you you have like a dracula's castle a vampire's castle or something and you put that down and then you you fight a vampire and then if you have town cards that you put adjacent to the vampire's castle they become like instead of towns they become ruined towns and they have ghouls in them and bandits and stuff like that. that sounds and awesome. also all these all these cards have these different interplays with each other. And so it's it's a deck building roguelike strategy simulation D&D style game. There it is it is it is one of those it's like a genre unto itself. Um so because it was so when I got it, I started playing it. I was like, oh, I'll give this a, I'll give this a try. I'll, I'll check it out. Six hours later. Right. I, I had just been like letting it get like, because there's there's ways you can set up the loop so that your your dude just keeps going around and around and you can just walk away. Right. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so every, but every time your dude dies, the world is reset. You get a new road. So some roads are longer. Some roads are shorter. Mm. Um, and uh, basically you have to, you you start rebuilding the, the stuff around the road. Um, eventually you get to a point where you face off against one of the bosses. You beat the boss. I think there's three acts in total. Um, and then uh, at the end of each act, there's a boss. Mm. So it's, you know, it's uh, it's worth checking out. That was already on my wish list, but the way you're described, that sounds freaking fun. It is. It is a. Um, in like a couple of years, I'm going to check your Steam profile. It's one of those games where it's like it's like Loop Hero, 200 hours, right. or something like that. <laughs> Holy cow! That sounds awesome. Oh, and I didn't even mention the aesthetic. Is the graphics are all. Um, I want to say EGA style uh, oh, yeah, computer sure. graphics um, where not VGA, but EGA, which yeah. was like the step before it, where it had slightly fewer colors. I can't remember what each of the um, each of the color sets were, but it has like it uses like a lot of teals and oranges and and, and stuff like that. And it has like the old text on it um that would be rendered for it's like it feels like a game from 1987 or 88 that's oh, shit. Uh, it's only $9 never got released right now i'm gonna have to go ahead it's only nine dollars are you buying it yeah, right I'm now buy it. <laughs> nine dollars man i bought i bought fucking dragon age inquisition it was five dollars and i was like well goodbye <laughs> never probably never playing this but no gotta have it Gotta have it. It's only five dollars. No, I mean, this looks tight. This looks like a really fun game. Yeah, I might start playing it after we hang up. It's <laughs> face facts. I'm, I'm probably gonna play this game. Yeah, this looks solid. Okay, cool, <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Got me sold. Damn it! There's another one. On the there's another one on for the, the list on the, on the on the backlog. All right. Loop Hero. Damn. All right. Got me sold. Uh, okay. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to uh, I'm going to pull out of this obscure nostalgic uh 
nosedive that uh, my list is going into, <laughs> at least for a moment, uh, sure. to talk about uh, It Takes Two. Oh, the, the video game awards game of the year. It's take, it takes two. And it earned it. It earned it. It's, uh, you know, it's in a world full of video games uh, that are very, I mean, we and we've we've. It's a long way from the early to mid aughts. We take ourselves a little less seriously these days. Yeah. Uh, which thank God for that. Um, right. But there's still, you know, we're still surrounded by the big, damn, serious, <laughs> dark uh, games everywhere yeah. we look. And hey, don't get me wrong. Love those games. I, I was raised on those games. I'm always yeah, going to yeah. be good with those games. But you know, it's just nice to play a game that's just all about joy for a little while. Just it, a little bit, yeah. It, it takes two for anyone who hasn't played it. Is a it is a two player couch co op game. Uh, me and my fiance sat down and played this game. She is not a gamer, uh, and we had we never finished it, but we just sat there laughing and shouting and hooting and hollering. You play um, a couple of parents. And it's this it's this big moment where the the your parent you're you're getting a divorce and your daughter uh, sees how unhappy you are with each other and wishes that you could be more like her dolls and poof you turn into her dolls and you have to make it back into the house to her to somehow undo this curse and it is a big like platformer spectacle game it is yeah. first off it's fucking gorgeous it is a beautiful yeah. game. Uh, and it is huge. It feels huge when you you're doing roller coaster style loop de loops and jumping off of giant things. And you feel it. You feel it in your guts uh, right. the way that you do with almost no games. It, it has that. It Everything feels very visceral. It feels like a lot of fun. You know, you're going to scream and shout. And, you know, the, it, it's it's just fantastic. The bosses are super clever. Uh, and a lot of fun and and it, it's very forgiving too. the game is very forgiving. Sure. Like I said, uh, my fiance Emily, she doesn't play video games very much, but we got through several bosses, you know, and just life happened and, and we just weren't able to play as much anymore. Um, it had nothing to do with the game itself. It is just a, a marvelously fun game. If you if you have a significant other or a friend or something like that, you like to play video games with. This is the kind of game that you're just going to sit and just it's what video games were meant to be about. It, it took me back to being a kid playing, you know, Mario brothers with my friends or, or street fighter or something like that. And everyone's shouting and, you know, acting like a bunch of big kids uh, playing this game. It's, it takes you back to that old. Feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. Right. I can't recommend it enough. I absolutely freaking loved it. And I think, I think anybody, who, you know, enjoys couch co-op in, sure. in general is going to absolutely blow a gasket over this game. It's so good. It's just so good. Wasn't the the uh, developer, uh, wasn't their previous game the one with where it was also a couch co-op where you play as uh, two guys trying to escape prison? Was it them? Hold on. I I, uh, uh, I forget what, it call, uh, what that one's called. A Way Out. Yeah, that a was out, them. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely <laughs> it's it's not quite as grim as a way out. 
but it's the same. Like, yeah, these people are good. These people are really very good at uh, at two player experiences where it's more than just, you know, look, we all love sitting down playing Streets of Rage, you know, with a friend. Yeah. We all love sitting down and just beating up some people and stuff like that. These guys are just fantastic at creating experiences and puzzles that are specifically for two of you uh to put your head together and 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 figure out uh so that's i didn't know that but that is no surprise uh that they yeah. also developed that one okay so the the guy um that the game direct director and designer who kind of runs the the company um his his three games are brothers a tale of two sons a way out and it takes two. well fuck i mean there it is God, well, yeah, and it's and that's again not a surprise because while I said this is a fun, you know, ooh ah kind of spectacle experience, it has a lot of heart. It has some yeah. incredibly sweet moments. It deals with serious topics, uh, but in a fun way. It didn't, uh, at least as far as we played, it did not bring me to the point of losing my shit and sobbing <laughs> over my keyboard the way that right. uh, Brothers of Tale of Two Sons did. Uh, that one, that's a, that's a rare one indeed, <laughs> but, uh, man, does this guy know how to do the two person experience, which is becoming, yeah. uh, less and less with games. Sadly, these days, yeah. most things, if it most is a multi-person experience, yeah. it's a multiplayer thing, like a massive right. multi multiplayer. Thing. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I can't recommend it enough. If, if you got a friend that you want to sit down, I think 10, 12 hours, if that, um it, it's a great experience i highly recommend it it takes two it's fantastic cool all right my next one is um death loop oh yeah you loved this one i remember death loop is by arcane um and arcane is probably best known for making the dishonored series mm-hmm. um they also made prey uh just they just have a, a long list of really neat games. Um, what was it? The the uh, there was like a Heroes of Might and Magic game that they made that was it was basically pre it uh, it was before Dishonored. Um, it wasn't in, it wasn't supposed to be of might and, uh, it wasn't supposed to be like of might and magic property. It was supposed to be its own thing, and right. then the publishers like we're gonna slap of might and magic on it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, all right. Um, so Deathloop is their most recent game. Uh, came out of uh, Arcane Lyon. Um, and the it actually won Best Game Direction at the Game of Game Awards, uh, which I'm really happy for the the uh, director of the game. He seems nice. like a really neat guy. Um, so basically, like a few of the other the other last three games I've talked about last two games I've talked about it is a time loop game yeah you play as a guy named Colt who is the former head of security for this this island that um has been uh found because it it has an anomaly on it some sort of time anomaly and some scientists have created a device that controls it and allows time to just keep looping for one day over and over again. Um, and you wake up, you cult wake up one morning. You don't remember anything, anything at all. 
um, but you start to remember uh, your your day-to-day experiences, whereas everybody else on the island, except for one other person, their memory resets every day. So it's this big clockwork puzzle. The only way to end the loop is to kill the eight visionaries that are in charge of the island because the the device is coded to all of them. So all the eight visionaries have to die within one day. So the entire game is like it's a it's an FPS, but it's also an immersive sim and a little bit of a mystery puzzle game because you have to uh, investigate where people are going to be. The specific characters are going to be throughout the day and put together the the one way that is going to work. Like, all right, well, at, at this place in the morning, this person's here so I can do kill this person and I get this information from. Uh, about this person for later at night, yada yada yada. So it's it's a really it's a really neat game. Um, I loved all the the spit and polish that they put into it. It's got this really cool 1960s spy aesthetic, um, and and I can't say enough good things about it because the voice actors. I love the voice actors. So uh, there's uh, there's the character Colt. Um, he he has just such a charming voice actor. All of his lines are read with this this like it's like almost like amusement of like the the situation he's in because every time he dies he just starts his loop over and over again. And your the main antagonist of the game is this woman Juliana um, who also remembers day to day. She's the only other person on the island that remembers things day to day. Um, no matter how many loops have passed. Mm-hmm. So Juliana uh, has a tremendous voice actor. Colt, tremendous voice actor. They were both nominated for Best Voice Actor uh, at the Game Awards. Um, and and they didn't ultimately win it because, of course, that award went to Maggie. I believe it's Maggie Robertson who voiced Lady uh uh, Demetres. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even though it wasn't her fucking voice we were interested in. <laughs> she was wonderful, though. She was wonderful. Um, but yeah, Deathloop. Great game. Um, if you like arcane games. Which um, you do. You I do. Love I, love, uh, I love arcane games. Definitely check it out if you're into arcane games. Just go into it knowing that it's a little less... Um, I said this to somebody else. If... I would say if Prey represents arcane at like 100% of its arcaneness, like right. with all the stuff, and um, then Deathloop is, it's a bit, it's lower than that. Okay. It's, it's going to be, it's like a 75 to 80% of their arcaneness. And I only say that because it's not as much of the immersive sim that you probably would have expected if you played, if you're coming off of uh, it from Prey. Right. Um, so anyway, Deathloop, great game. Uh, it's on my list for Hell this yeah. year. Yep. Um, let's see. Let's pick up back to my random ass uh, indie games. Uh, Chernobylite. This what is Chernobylite? Chernobylite is a weird uh, roguelike kind of uh, a strategy action 
thing. It's this weird mesh of all those lovely genres that I, I enjoy so much. And you play uh, this survivor in the middle of Chernobyl, the ruins of Chernobyl, uh, which they, which the studio actually faithfully recreated. Uh, they they took a they had a I think they droned Chernobyl, and uh, it's a Polish or a Russian developer, and they droned Chernobyl and they recreated the world, and you basically there's a it's a crafting survival element to it. Um, you've got to choose your mission every day. This today I'm going to go out here. There's a lot of food out in this area, so I'm going to go get food. Uh, it had it had a lot of uh, uh oh gosh. Uh, this war of mine kind of vibes oh, to right, it. Right, it's right, very right. tough. It's very gritty. Uh, you gather this collection of people over time uh, and meet other people. Different people are good at different things, and you start delegating uh, orders out to them. And uh, and I remember playing it, and of course, there's like a weird horror element of it. Like there are these 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 weird ghosts of the past of Chernobyl uh, that that wander the ruins. Uh, and, uh, I remember playing it at first and being like, this is a lot. I don't know about this. And then <laughs> I sneezed and 20 hours passed and I was like, son of a bitch. Uh, I, I, I kept coming back to it. It was, uh, it's not perfect. It's got a lot of, uh, little bugs, you know, the, the stuff that you're used to, if you love indie games as much as, as I do. Sure. Uh, and, uh, it's not always the prettiest game. Uh, but God, it's engaging. And uh, yeah. the characters you meet are really interesting. Um, you have to you have you, you have to train and, you know, do some stealth. I I, I went with a more stealth element because uh, it was just safer. Uh, getting shot is not something that you just like, you know, shake off. Uh, so it, it, it has uh, all of those kind of really harsh realistic survival sure. vibes that you grow to yeah. expect from these games. Right. There are side quests and main quests, and you can make this game last a damn long time <laughs> uh, if you want to. Right. Uh, it, I do the thing that I remember Jesse Cox talking about doing this, uh, a similar thing, and he and I do play these games the same way, where you're just so wrapped up in all the side shit that by the time you go, oh, right, I should get a couple of main missions out of the way. You're so overpowered by the yes. time you get back to them. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I, that's how I played through this game. Um, yeah. It's a terrific one. It's a weird one. It's not going to, I don't think it's going to be in a lot of people's game of the year lists, uh, but it really hooked me in. I found it really engaging. If you're into the harsher, dirtier kind of survival kind of things that even I'm not even a, I'm not even a crafting game guy. I actually played both this and the survival lists and compared them in a video for my channel uh, because I'm not a crafting guy. I, that stuff right. I, I played, I, I played, you know, rust and some of those other ones way back when, and ultimately went, this is not for me. Uh, and Chernobylite showed me that when there's way more to it than just that crafting survival element, uh, then I'm into it. But when I'm just, I can't play games like Minecraft, for example. Um, sure. I just, I, I need you to point me in some, at least these days, maybe when I was a kid, when I was younger, I probably would have loved making my own fun uh, with those kind right. of sandbox games. But yeah, yeah, I need you to point me in a fucking direction eventually. Give me something. Exactly. Yeah. And and Chernobylite does. It, it gives you some uh, some interesting, difficult decisions to make. It's a lot of fun. 
it's uh it's it's definitely worth a look uh yeah. I, I highly recommend it i thought it was great cool chernobylite chernobylite check it out check it out y'all check it out Ooh. all right um my next game of the year is forza horizon 5 and let me what? tell you <laughs> i did not take you for a forza guy i am not um so i i don't play racing games at all and forza is um forza horizon specifically uh number five is available on game pass and uh i have game pass i have i have an xbox series s um and it's uh it's it's got game pass on it and i so I'm on this Discord server with a bunch of people and they just would not stop talking about Forza Horizon 5. Like, oh my God, it's so good. And I would see tweets about it. Ah, it's so good. Like, well, you know, I got Game Pass. So I'll, let's let's just see what's what it's about. Might as well take a look. Might as well take a look. Uh, I downloaded it and um, it is, and I, I had, here's the thing, folks, is I don't pay attention to racing games at all. So I didn't even know the concept behind Forza Horizon. And it's basically it's it's an open world game, but you're a, you're in a car and it's like other racing games where you get to collect all of these real cars. But the neat thing is, like, there is so much satisfaction in built into the game where the the map is just filled with things to do. Hmm. So Horizon five is set in Mexico and you're just driving around the road and be like, oh, there's a ramp and you go off the ramp and you get points and oh, you got you hit the points and you're like, well, you got a you got a big point and you spin the wheel and be like, oh, I want a car from spinning the wheel. Like I got a new car and be like, well, I'm going to take that car and I'm going to drive in that race over there. I'm going to drive over the race. And then I, oh, look at that. I won the race and I get to spin the wheel again and it's, I'm, I'm exploring, you know, Aztec ruins in my car, which Let's be honest. Do not explore ruins in your car. No, still, that's probably a bad idea. Yeah. It's probably a bad idea. It is so much fun. I was sitting there after I downloaded it for hours, grinning like an idiot. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. It is. It, and so Forza Horizon 5, an unlikely pick for me to get on a game of the year list because I could give two flips about racing games. It like it doesn't really doesn't matter what the racing game is. Right. From F0 to to this like stylized realistic, I don't care. You know, well, they're always <laughs> gorgeous games. I will they're say. They're always gorgeous. Yeah. That's the thing is they're always gorgeous. I just don't necessarily have a connection to, you know, what we're doing in it. Right. Uh Forza uh, Horizon 5 just by the mere act of like breaking it out of the race uh, like you can go you go in and you race the races, but you're like, oh, it's it's a re just a really good. It's like, you know, when you get into like a, a GTA type game, sure, like a GTA five and you just drive and the driving actually feels good on a on really long stretches. Yeah, it's that the game. <laughs> so you can just like drive around and and it's it's so neat. and. Um, there's different types of races. So you have the rally cars, you have the stock cars, you have, uh, you have drag races. 
Um, not the kind of drag racing that you are a fan sure. of, Phil. <laughs> You're not looking fabulous. Not not looking fabulous, no. <laughs> not throwing shade, spilling the tea. <laughs> that's, um, oh, man. Damn it. You see, and, and, and it plays smooth like it, because that's the thing with some of these racing games. Um, it, they can be so obtuse. It's like learning a whole new way to play a game. No, it's. It's, you know, on my controller, it's like you pull the thing to go. This is the emergency brake. This is the, the brake brake. Go for it. I'll be damned. That oh, that does. That looks fun. All right. Well, fuck. Is this it, now? Is this an Xbox exclusive or? It is a I'm not sure. It's a Microsoft thing. Uh huh. Um, so you could I think you could get it for PC or Xbox. Mm-hmm. Um either through game pass i believe okay so yeah that's 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 i and that's i will say one of the best things about something like game pass yeah you do have the opportunity to try something that you might not otherwise have played there would have there would have been no reason for me to even consider it right like if it was if everybody was talking about it and then it was like oh but it's 60 bucks and i don't really care about racing games who's gonna risk that but everybody was talking about it. I'd be like, oh, it's the low, low price of free because I'm subscribed to Game Pass. There you go. <laughs> I've been hearing, you know, it's like it's 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 Game Pass is one of those things that uh, a lot of advantages to that. Xbox is making it's it's thrown its weight around more than it's than thrown its weight around a lot now with Game Pass yeah. and Xbox. Uh, Microsoft went from um like oh you know it's it's neat but they don't have any exclusives to suddenly they have a ton of yeah. exclusives i mean we can get into whether that's good or bad for the industry sure. whatever um but, but there's a lot can, of neat, you can't cool, it used to be that playstation was like well playstation's got all these exclusive games i have to get a playstation <laughs> and, now, and now microsoft is like yeah like well all the bethesda games those right. are all ours now. <laughs> yeah, what, what choice do you freaking have? But I think it's a little bit lessened only because it's like Xbox and PC. Right. You know, whereas a PlayStation exclusive um, up until recently is only on the PS uh, systems. Um, but with, you know, uh, what is it? Horizon mm-hmm. is coming out on PC. Um, there's always... Every year, there's rumors that Bloodborne is going to be right. going to be ported to the PC. Right. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll see how all that plays plays out. Game Pass, though, for uh, if you have Game Pass and you're not a big racing fan, I still recommend you try Forza. Nice. Yeah, my my genre that uh, people are often surprised I enjoy is football. So. Yeah, yeah, I know you're a big college football guy. Ugh, still waiting and, on that. No and I know you're NCAA. just waiting for that next generation of of college football games that's going to be coming out. So. I I get it. I want them to treat <laughs> those kids right. Yeah, I want it to be done properly. But God damn it, I want that game. Uh, <laughs> all right, and uh, for something not at all like uh, NCAA football, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my last. This is the last one that I have that isn't on both of our lists. Uh, and this is a quick one. This is this is a weird one too. Uh, Dagon. Mm. Uh, Dagon is I don't it's it's a walking simulator. It's completely free. It takes like 15, 20 minutes to play. You can get it on Steam. Uh, it is a retelling of an old HP Lovecraft story. Um, 
through this game. And this studio got it right. They kill it. It's beautiful. It's got incredible atmosphere. The sound design, the voice acting, all of it, the whole schmear, it's absolutely amazing. And throughout the game, there are little Easter eggs that you can find that will give you context to H.P. Lovecraft as a person and the story and where the story was coming from. You know, you're out on a boat at one point and you can find a uh, you can find a little Easter egg that'll tell you, like, you know, H.P. Lovecraft had this relationship with the water. He hated water and da 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 da, da And that's why so many of the creatures. Yeah, that, that's why he's like, oh, the water. Right, right. It's <laughs> And it's just interesting little bits. And I think I think the thing for Dagon that I hope is that this studio gets matched up with uh, a really good puzzle creator, mm. uh, because if the if if the studio that makes this level of atmosphere can work with somebody who can make them some amazing old school mist style puzzles and shit like that. Uh, I, that's like game of the year material for me. That's the right. kind of shit that I salivate over. Um, yeah. So day, I, I look at the work of the studio that did Dagon and, and, and just like dream of the future. And it's like, it's, it's, you know, when you've been doing this, as long as you and I have, uh, it's hard not to see these young groups of excited, hungry game designers Right. And and you can kind of predict the future with them sometimes based on what they've done, because you've seen it over and over again. You're like, OK, you could do something with this. I could I could I've seen it happen before. I would love to see it again, please. And and so Dagon to me is kind of like this. It's like a, a promise wrapped around a wish. You know? Right. <laughs> it's yeah. like, please do something with this. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 really cool, and it's and again, it's totally free. It'll take you twenty minutes to play. Uh, it as a proof of concept, as as basically a demonstration of like, here is what we can do. Uh, it is intensely impressive, and uh, these 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 kids need money, and they need uh, some other game designers to work with, uh, and they need to they need to get some cool puzzle game shit out. Toot sweet. That is all there is to it. So. Uh, Dagon, absolutely, absolutely worth a look. And that brings us cool. to, because uh, do you have any others other than our? No, 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 that's, that's okay. it. And that brings us, that brings us to the two games to that. The, to uh, the overlap. Yeah, yeah, the overlap section. Where Kevin and I actually agreed on things, because we never yeah. agree. We fight like cats. We never dogs. agree. <laughs> um, yeah, so you want to talk about inscription first? Yeah, inscription. Holy shit. Inscription. Wow. Um, spoilers, maybe, probably. Maybe, I don't probably. Know. Um, inscription, Daniel Mullins. Uh, we've actually talked about it a few times. We've mentioned it in passing it a couple times. Yeah, yeah. In some of our cold openings and, and whatnot on, on the show. Yeah. Um, but inscription is a it's a deck builder card roguelike card game. Yeah. And with that with, at the beginning yeah at the that, start <laughs> with that daniel mullins coat of paint over it like yeah yeah anyone who's played pony island the hex anything of any of his other stuff uh knows what we're talking it, it's it's like it's like pay, playing a deck builder creepypasta yes exactly 
It is. It is so weird. It is a creepy pasta. The, yeah. the game is basically a creepy pasta. I yeah. mean, uh, most of his games are creepy pasta style. Yeah. yeah, he he um, does that whole. I mean, you you guys talked about it on the uh, Halloween episode with the Godzilla thing. So many of the creepy pastas that are the most popular are of the genre of the games fucking with me. You know. Yeah, yeah. The the game is haunted, basically. Right. Right. Um, and that's what this is. It's weird and sad and 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 it's like melancholy but spooky and yeah there is a lot of bummer stuff that happens during the course of the game yeah um but it's just a roguelike deck builder you say how could that possibly be and let me tell you this is i don't think i'm spoiling anything as you said phil um with daniel mullins games uh the game is not what it says on the tin no <laughs> no, there's that. That is just not what they do. That is just not the um, that's not the genre no. of, of the game. Um, so, yeah, at the risk of getting too far down the road of twists and turns. Um, yeah, you you spend several hours. I, I think it was several hours of gameplay. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. In in playing as this this roguelike deck builder. And let me tell you. Um, just focusing on that, that is, it's that a, was in a, is it's a great brilliant. deck builder. It's a great deck builder. Yeah. I would play that deck builder just like this second. By itself, by itself, it is a fun, well-designed deck builder. That's the beauty. That's why this game is, is so high in my mind for one of the best games I played this year. Yeah. Is that Daniel Mullins created a game it's like a game within a game. The game within a game is uh, better than most roguelike deck builders that you're ever right. going to play. Right. That, and it's that, not that that is not the game. That is only yeah. part of it. Yeah. That deck builder <laughs> that you played, you know, uh, that that all they're doing is, is this is a deck builder. It's probably better than that. <laughs> it's it's got this creepy vibe built into it. Um, it, it, it has a fourth wall breaking kind of sensibility, a game breaking yep. sensibility, a little bit of glitch horror, um, a lot of spooky pasta, spooky pasta, a lot of creepy spooky pasta, pasta, spooky pasta, uh, spooky a lot pasta. of, a lot of creepy pasta elements to it. And it just so happens to be a great game. And kind of what we are what I was talking about before with Dagon, um, Daniel Mullins is this guy that I've been watching everyone's been watching i feel like he's kind of like this amazing indie developer that has been wowing us but there have been problems like pony island kicked ass pony island was yeah. great um yeah. it had some problems it wasn't quite there yet and you just go you look at a guy like that and go you're gonna make something though that you're gonna you're gonna come out with something you're gonna you're gonna blow our minds absolutely one day. and then the hex comes out and you're like i don't like this story as much but i think it's a better game and and it's like okay we're we're we're, we're still we're still working we're still creating a concept here it's 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 growing pains basically it's still but it's still yeah. great it's still better right. than most of the indie stuff that comes out it's just a little eh, not quite there yet and then sure. you play this and you're like you did it you, yeah. you you know this this is this is what happens when you work hard and try yeah. and keep working at it you know and yeah and this is this is the culmination of a lot of games that were you can great, yeah but you flawed. can yeah you can see 
you can see the attention to detail and attention to the craft mm -hmm. that he put into it um, and his team put into it. Um, because, yeah, as you said, the first two games, they they were they were good, mm -hmm. but um, graphically, they didn't really wow you. You it know, wasn't quite there yet. He, he was still working at his style. Yeah, exactly. And uh, inscription is where it really um, that's his style of game really comes into its own. Absolutely. He he uh, I'm sure he's already working on his next thing. But to me, there's this feeling of like, I hope he is sitting down and having a nice long rest and, you know, smoking a big fat cigar because he fucking earned it. It is a it is a it is one of the best damn indie games uh, made maybe in the past 10 years. Sure. Uh, and and certainly I've seen it as number one on a lot of people's lists and I, it absolutely has earned it. It's definitely yep. the best indie game that came out this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. The last game that we have on our list. And this is my game of the year. And this is your game this of the year. This is my game of the year. Uh, Resident Evil 8. Oh. Village. Kevin, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I love Resident Evil. They are just, God, they're having, they have so much fun yeah, making these games. Yeah. And it's just like it's it's Resident Evil 7 just was one of my favorite things. I loved that game so much. I played through it like four or five times. I loved it. And so when Resident Evil Village was coming out, I was I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Lady Dimitrescu, big titties. We were all excited. Uh, but we I understand. Was, yeah. <laughs> and it was, but it was like it was like, OK, maybe, maybe not. God, it held up. It it just it everything that, that so good. It, it was just wonderful, and and the horror element, the camp, and it was easily one of the scariest Resident Evils of all time. It had the single scariest moment of any Resident Evil game ever. I still uh, think about it. I I, <laughs> I replayed that game uh, a couple of months back, and uh, and the first time I played it, Emily sat with me through the whole thing. And uh, like I said, she's not a gamer. So this was this yeah. was an experience for her, but it's so cinematic. She was enjoying watching it. And that scene that and everyone who's played this game knows what we're talking about. Right. That scene. Uh, we I literally we literally beat it and we sat outside and just stared into the middle distance. Yeah. And we we're like, OK, is everything? Well, I don't know what's going on. And uh, so I was playing through it again and I got to that part. And I said to Emily, I was like, hey, I'm about to do that one bit again. Do you want to watch? And she went, she went, kind of, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and she sat with me and we knew what was coming and we knew what was going to happen. And we still screamed at the top of our lungs and just, oh, my God. Oh, that's great. <laughs> oh, it's so much. It's like one of those. And here's the thing. We were all excited about Lady Dimitrescu. We all loved the van. I'm a vampire fanatic and she sure. was just, oh, she fit the bill. And yes. I was super pumped about that. And she's the first person to go. I don't think that's too spoilery at this point, but she's the first right. boss you've beat. And then despite the fact that you've been excited about her this whole time, the game only gets better yeah. after she's defeated. 
Yeah. And yeah. that's and that's not and that's not a not throwing shade at her. She's awesome. It's just that the game keeps getting better as it goes. It's a, and I I love so many elements of the game. Um I love the fact that the game is basically a love letter if if Resident Evil 1, the first few Resident Evil games are are pretty much a love letter to uh George Romero. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. This Resident Evil 8 is and, and Resident Evil 7 is basically like Texas say, Chainsaw Massacre. Texas Chainsaw, Hills Have Eyes, yeah, yeah. Last House on the Left. That exploitation film. Kind yeah, of those 1970s uh, exploitation slasher horror type, type movies. That's that was seven. Eight was was the was Capcom's love letter to universal horror. Yes. Because you have Lady Dimitrescu, who is basically your Dracula stand in. Yep. Right. Yep. You have um, you have Moreau, who is your creature from the Black Lagoon. Absolutely. Um, you have uh, Heisenberg, who is Frankenstein. Yep. Um, and you have uh, what's her name? Uh, ben- um, is it Beneviento? Beneviento. Yeah. Who I want to say is it it is like maybe invisible man yeah um kind of i put that one up as yeah ghost stories invisible man slash yeah house on haunted hill um uh fan of the opera absolutely yeah um kind of vibe um so yeah it's it's definitely that those four you know 30s 40s and 50s era horror films yeah that that this game really really uh plays plays off of yeah. um there's even you know the wolf man is you know you have wolf, the werewolves in oh, there well they're great um, too but it way. is yeah yeah uh, so it's um I, it does have all the you know you know the resident evil dumb stuff in it like mm. and that's fine <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! It's silly. It's got a lot of really silly it's, dumb it's stuff. It's got such silly stuff in there. They have um, to remind you every now and then. They're like, "We're not Silent Hill." No, no, we're not Silent Hill. No. This is this is Resident Evil. This is silly. This is what we do. Um, you know what's funny is I I haven't seen the movie, the Resident Evil, the new Resident Evil movie. I that's haven't basically I want to. It's gonna be. It's bad. like a it's like an adaptation of Resident Evil One. Yeah, and um. Like one and two, I think, are like put into a movie. Oh, it's going to um, be bad, but I really want to see it's it. It's going to be bad. And you know what was funny, though, is people are like, oh, man, it's bad. What happened? It's so cheesy. We're like, do you guys not understand what made Resident Evil work? Right. Like, that was the whole <laughs> point. The whole thing was that it was cheesy. Just like that. It's more in line with the with the tone of the games than the the Paul W.S. Anderson Ugh. Too cool for school Resident yeah. Evil movies ever yeah. were. <laughs> those games were like those games, those movies. It, yeah. It's like <laughs> that wasn't campy on purpose on the it wasn't yeah. the same thing. That was like, look how slick I am. Right. Um, right. It was music video directing. Music video directing. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like it wasn't the the camp that Resident Evil really found its roots, uh, uh planted its roots in. Yeah. Um so, yeah, Resident Evil Village. Resident Great Evil game. 7 and 8 both represent kind of like the designers being able to go, all right, we're kind of we're tired of doing the same zombies. Can yeah. we can't we do something else? And they started in 7, they didn't fully explain it, and in 8, 
they continue that thing, that theme where it's like, it's not Resident Evil like we've known in the past, but they let you know, they give you, they give you the background and go, yeah, this is still the same virus, but it's kind of different. And it's connected. It's, it's all connected, connected, but it's parallel. Um, yeah. And uh, I love that. I want them to keep doing that. I want them to keep yeah. surprising us. Uh, yeah. Especially yeah, the, with that ending. For the for the lore heads, it's something like they they took the stuff, uh, the the mold, and yeah. they took the uh, from from Europe and the progenitor virus from from Africa. They slap them together, right? And that's kind of where the T virus came from, right? Uh, right. Um, or like it's that's a real brutal summation of it. But, yeah, sure. but uh, for all intents and purposes, <laughs> <laughs> for all intents and purposes, yeah. Um, without without getting another a chart piece, out. Yeah, without getting a chart out, it was just another piece in the puzzle in like the 1940s and 50s. Somebody found this thing and it's all part of the Spencer stuff. It's, you know, Resident Evil lore. Right. (laughs) It gets twisty and turny real fast. Yeah, and it's like, how much does it? I mean, it's like, look, I get it from a lore head perspective, but uh, I don't care. I'm I'm, I'm here for the fun and the scares. Just give me a a good game. And I know they're I know they're dropping the numbering system now. Um, because Resident Evil 8 was not actually called Resident Evil 8 yeah, in any was... documentation. It had 8 in Villa, like it was written in. It was kind of, I feel like this is the the last time they'll do that. I think this was their yeah. gentle, kind of like we're weaning you off the numbers. <laughs> Resident Evil games are just going to have subtitles now. Right. On. <laughs> and I hope, and it's so funny to me, they didn't make, they didn't have DLC waiting. Uh, yeah. Uh, so they're, they're working on it now. They're working they on just, it now. So we'll get something next year. Um, they were just, they were like surprised at how successful it is. And we're like, why were you surprised? The internet lost its fucking mind. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't. Okay. But because they had DLC, they had DLC pretty quickly after seven. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was but after eight, it's weird gonna be, and different. And it was yeah. very weird gameplay. It, it would, you know, what is basically the, 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 the DLC from Resident Evil 7 and Inscription are very similar. Actually, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong. Like, it, it, they play with it. They play with you and play with the gameplay. And what is it? You're playing, you're playing Blackjack yeah. uh, in the DLC. <laughs> yeah. Well, and just then the Escape Room DLC. And yeah, like, exactly. So I'm, I'm looking forward to what they do with that. I'm looking forward to the DLC. Um, I've played through it twice now, uh, so I'm looking for the DLC. I just that was my game of the year. I, I I remember playing it when it came out this past spring, and I was just like, unless a miracle happens, this is probably my game of the year. This is this <laughs> is pretty much right up my alley. So and it was your game of the year. Yep, worked out just fine. Yep, mm. yep. Well, before we sign off, yeah, one last little end of the year thing that I thought would be fun we have read how many books this year six oh boy um i had the sh- i have the sheet up in front of me let's see yeah. we read resident evil the umbrella conspiracy mm-hmm. uh halo the fall of reach mm-hmm. um let's just count all the bloodborns as one yeah sure yeah sure um far cry absolution um dead space martyr um as of this uh, airing, we'll only have one episode left of Bioshock Rapture. Right. Um, which will come out in 2022. 
Okay. So that's um, half so a dozen books. That is books. A, that is six. That is six books. Okay. Right there. So what would you say is your favorite book that we read this year? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Um Yeah, so I am going to say that my favorite book of the year is probably going to be Bioshock Rapture. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Okay. Um, because it actually, no, I'll say it's tied with, with, with Halo, the fall of reach. Yeah. Bioshock Rapture is, they both suffer from similar problems and I'll get into that in the next episode of Bioshock Absolutely. Rapture, yeah, which we don't will wanna, be our, to give away the horse. I'm, I'm not going to give away because this is going to be coming out before the last episode of Bioshock Rapture. But at this point I have finished Bioshock Rapture. Mm-hmm. I think, I think they, they both kind of fall into similar problems, um, towards the end. Um, but, uh, I think they're both so well written um they they have such neat um aesthetic vibes to them whereas halo is is really good really nails that military sci-fi yeah. uh type of book and uh, uh the rapture bioshock rapture is it does a great job parodying parodying um those dumb ayn rand books right you know? <laughs> right <laughs> Um, and blending so, in the uh, the 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 world of the game itself, like it, it it's so pretty seamless. So probably one and two, and they would probably change depending on the day. Sure, for me is going to be Halo and Bioshock, and okay. then a solid three is going to be Far Cry. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would say Resident Evil after that, uh, and then the first two books of Bloodborne. Yeah, and then yeah. there would be there would be like a there would be like blank space on the sheet and then there would be the next two books of bloodborne uh-huh and then uh dead space martyr yeah <laughs> the the end of your list is the same for me <laughs> yeah. i would say it and it's funny because it was it was between far cry absolution and halo fall of reach Sure. Uh, and they're hard to compare because they're very, very different. Yeah. I think Halo Fall of Reach is a better written book. Uh, that military sci-fi shit. Ooh, yeah. it's good. And, yeah, and uh, he does structure it. like in terms of like, yeah, I know what you mean. It's like, yeah, just in terms of like the amount of detail it gives you the structure of the book. It is a it's a robust book. You know what right. I mean? Right. It, it's it is a sturdy book. It it doesn't have it, it's not weak anywhere. Right. Right. Exactly. And and uh, but if I had but it, but if I had to reread any of these books, uh, it would be Far Cry Absolution. Yeah. Uh, just the style of it, the uh, that neo-Western kind of thing. And we discussed in the review of it how it doesn't quite match tone for tone uh, the the game series, and maybe yeah. that's not such a bad thing. Um, if I had to read another one again, though, I, it would have to be Far Cry Absolution. It just yeah. it matches up with my personal style, what I like, and uh, that that you know I'm going to get I'm going to get up in the morning tomorrow uh, and start watching uh, an old season of Alone again. Uh, sure. I I love 
I'm such for a guy who doesn't play a lot of crafting as you do games. <laughs> I, I love I love the I'm stuck out in the woods. It's cold and I killed a squirrel for my breakfast. And like, I love that. I Instead think it's because of, I'm a yeah. fat man, um, <laughs> a fat man with a decent job. I think that's why. Uh, but uh, I really like that that aesthetic. We again to compare it to them again. Cormac McCarthy kind of neo western yeah. kind of vibe. I really yeah. enjoy that. After it, it would be a close second with Halo. Close third with Bioshock Rapture, which is just a damn well written book. Yep. It didn't have any need to be this. Well, actually, you know what? I kind of take that back. I think if any of the games that we have uh, that these books have been based on, if there was any one game that needed a well-written novelization, it, was it would be Bioshock. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I take that back. That, that it, it absolutely yeah. needed Bioshock, to be good. It does. Bioshock Rapture is doing a lot of heavy lifting, connecting the lore between the, the, the two yes. Bioshock games. And doing it gracefully. And do, too. Yes. Exactly. So those are, they're all very close together. It really comes like, it's, it's one of those things that I look at Bioshock Rapture and Halo Fall of Reach, and I go, those are actually better written books. But I, I, but just for me personally, I like I like Far Cry Absolution better. Yeah, after yeah. After that, I I'm with totally you understand. After that, yeah, yeah. So we and we've got a list uh, going here. I think because uh, we've been going s- since June, so it's six months. Yeah, six books, six months. But the uh, next year, with some of the books we're including, I think we're going to hit way more than just a dozen books by the end of 2022 i think we got some cool shit coming up yeah yeah we got we got some we got some some cool stuff on this list we got some short we got some short boys we're mixing it up a little bit yeah um, we because we ended the year with a a few a few long guys in a row Real long ones yeah yeah <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna be mixing it up with with some short boys uh in there um so i i think it's gonna be i think it's gonna be fun and i think it's gonna be great yeah um yeah, I, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing where Pixelit goes in yeah. 2022. And I and I think I speak for us both when I say thank you guys so much for listening. This was this was our absolutely. This is our aging gamer project that uh, you know some people you know when they find too much gray in their beard they go out and they start a garage band with the other dads in the yeah, neighborhood look at the, and, look at and this uh, beard yeah look at this beard this beard. It's- and uh, <laughs> we decided to do a podcast. It's the longest project, you know, I've ever been attached to. I, yeah, I, I think it's my longest project at this point too. Right. And I, yeah. Kevin, I love you, and I and I love. Yeah, I, I love, love you too. You know, we've we've been doing shit like this on and off for years now, and and um, uh, this is this is a damn successful one, if I do say so myself. And yeah, so thank you guys all for listening, and happy New Year's. Happy New Year, everybody. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe, and or subscribe. share, or, yes. or whatever, and uh, Auld Lang Syne. Oh, yeah, that. remember to Auld Lang Syne, where you work <laughs> or bank. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Good night. <laughs>